listening to AM 1490, WWPR, Bradenton, Sarasota, Tampa Bay. Shut up and sit down. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition of Paraprobe. And I'm your host, Chance Hancock. I'm currently sitting here with my buddy, Jesse J., my compadre, my buddy, my pal, my co-host, my friend, my brother, my sister in certain situations. No, here he is. <laughs> All right, I'm already done with you, and we ain't been on the air two minutes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you got to love it. I had to turn my headphones up a little bit. Can't hear yourself? No. No, I was getting kind of worried to make sure I was actually going out there because I am, like, way low on that board right now. Bring mics up a little bit. There we go. Much better. I like to get around about mid-range. Trying to keep you from redlining, though, buddy. I don't care if we redline. Even when we redline to listen to the show, we were actually very clear, so... Okie dokie, if you say so. Absolutely. I pay attention to these There's somebody in the car. No, you're not! No! No! For the love of God, stop talking. <laughs> Think about the children. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This week, we are talking about flat earth. Yep, flat earth theory. So I'm going to put this out here. If you have an opinion or believe in flat earth, give us a shout here at the 1490 studio. We are live, 941-745-1490. That's 941 941- 745-1490. Give us a call if you believe in Flat Earth or if you want to express your opinion about it. Just Are you looking for the number? It's right there. I know, but it kind of looked like you were like, not being able to see it because you were moving your head around. Yeah, because so. the daggum microphone is right in front of my face. Cause I'm, oh. Look, we'll just leave my height out of this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like short. Working I'm with compact. I'm travel-sized for convenience, just not always tall enough to reach the I top could, shelf. I could paint you yellow and you would be a minion. Or you'd paint me orange with green hair and it'd be an Uba Loopa. Okay. Uh, we could do that, too. That'd be cool. Or blue and be a Smurf. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. I got some ideas for Halloween. We'll talk out off the air. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, Halloween's coming up. It's not too far away. I mean, for us, I mean, that's the fun time of the year for a show like us. Spooky season, baby. That's right. It's all about being spooky and scary and... You know, ghosts and goblins and zombies and flat earth people and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, we, we discussed it. You know, this one of those things that I'm going to say flat out at the beginning of the show. No, I do not believe in flat earth theory at all. Um, however, I'm not going to go out there and go wreck other people's beliefs on what they believe in because, well, let's face facts. Jesse and I also do paranormal investigations and chase ghosts. So. Yeah, we chase things that aren't there, visible things. Yeah, so <laughs> we talk yeah. to imaginary friends on a regular basis. Yeah, there you go. Um, so this is more of just a topic of debate. You know, we're going to throw out some of the theories that they brought up and then counterpoints and such. You know, go back and forth. And you know what? This is what this show is about. Paraprobe is getting into these type of subjects that. You, the listener at home, you get to do your own research, dwell into it, dive deep, and I'm talking to the elbow, and see what you think about it. Tumble down the rabbit hole. That's right, because Lord knows I definitely tumbled down some rabbit holes this weekend doing some research on this. Well, not this weekend, but this week, I mean. Yeah, I get, I'm not going to lie to you. I gave up. I literally gave up. I tried again while, while I was here, and 
I still gave up because, I mean, all right, so originally we were going to bring a uh, flat earther on the show, but there was some uh, issues there that we, like, not even going to discuss. But uh, I, I did some initial research then just to see what I was getting into, and uh, I just... Well, at that time, there was a conflict of schedule, and now this is kind of a last-minute topic we decided to do, and just I just didn't feel that it was in... We and, didn't know what the heck we were going to talk about. Yeah, and, I didn't, <laughs> and honestly, I didn't feel like it was in good, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, re- being a responsible show host to contact somebody last minute and go, hey, can you do a show tomorrow? You know, so yeah. if they want to come on later down the line, you know, we can talk about this and debate it. It's fine with me, too. Um, but we're just going to do a, a little a little broad paint strokes, a little ah. Bob Ross today on this. So we'd like to go ahead and have you grab your paints and your... Thinner and get your canvas ready. I do want to throw something out there. Oh, go ahead. Um, we are going to get hit by Elsa. Yes. Uh huh. Last yeah. week was Enrique. This week, Elsa. Yeah, we're going to let it go. Elsa, the storm coming in. And Jesse and I actually have a plan for yes. this particular storm. Oh, I've been, I've been talking smack to like. And I don't mean like <laughs> hurricane planning. I mean, this is, you'll see when you'll just watch our social media, you'll see the video come out. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I can find the stuff. Oh, it's going to be awesome, dude. <laughs> I actually, you know what? I think I got the stuff for you. Okay. Well, you're going we'll, to have we'll, like, we'll talk more after the yeah, show. We'll, we'll, Everybody will definitely have to, uh, definitely, you're going to have to watch our social media out there. Uh, just. You know what? You can bring it over to my house and get your boat out of my garage. <laughs> that too. Yes, that too. <laughs> Put yeah. it on top of your Jeep or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, public humiliation. That's where we're at. <laughs> we're at that level now. We're at that level. I make one crack about your height, and all of a sudden it's about I left my boat in your garage for like five months. Five months? Hell, it's been like two years. It has not been two years. Dude. How long have you been at your condo? It's only been about a year and ten months. Exactly. It hasn't been. It, two years! <laughs> uh, no, that would be a year and twelve months would make two years. Sure as hell ain't five months. Well, it's not two years. <laughs> I mean, Get your on. crap out of my garage. <laughs> all right, whatever. <laughs> Go over and just kick all your plants over. <laughs> okay. Pick them back up. Earn pots, bro. <laughs> How's it going with your, you know, with your backyard uh, the drought, farming right now? The drought and kicked my butt. Uh, the rain is actually helping significantly. So, so it's not like flooding it out or nothing like that. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Got a bunch of sand, bro. <laughs> well, I know, but still, I mean, you know. It, yeah, no, it's okay. It's, let me put this in perspective for our listeners. Actually, okay, so Jesse was got oh, all into crap. prepping when COVID started and all that. He started doing a little backyard farming to grow all of his own, you know, food and such. Which wonderful idea. I think it's a pretty good idea to do. Um, and it's decent size too. It's not like a small, like little, like you know, windowsill with a, a handful of little plants up there. We're talking a good, you know, it's like 350 square feet. Yeah, about 350 square feet in his backyard that he made for his uh, his little growing area. And uh, it, honestly, man, you've been doing a great job with it. A lot better than I would do. I can't. I cannot grow crap. Man. Uh, I'm, I can grow I weed. That's not, about it. See, I've never. That's the one thing I've never grown. I thought about it. Like when this whole thing hit, I was like, eh, well, let's see. I'm out of a job, so. I I need to find alternate forms of <laughs> that. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> Bro, I remember when I was, oh, my God, I had to be probably 10. And my second oldest brother, uh, Eddie, w- that would have made him about 16, 17 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Eddie um, had a pot plant given to him, all right? 
Now, of course, he didn't want mom finding it, and, and mom was really, like, getting into the point. She, I, I think she had her suspicions. We'll put it that way. So Eddie, literally one day when, before mom came into the bedroom, he had the door locked, and she was knocking, wanting to come in. He opened the bedroom window and reached out and put it, like, like reached up and put it kind of up on the edge of the roof, okay? Now, mom came in. She's like, what, you got the door locked? He's like, oh, you know, I didn't realize it was locked. We were playing and blah, 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 yada, 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 right? Just lying. I mean, lying, okay? So mom wound up buying it. She got back out of the room. She left. She didn't buy it. (laughs) Oh, I know. She just didn't have anything on him at the point in time. So uh, anyway, she wound up, or Eddie wound up, my brother, he wound up leaving it up there, okay? Uh, Because he figured, well, you know, mom didn't see it. Mom never really goes in the backyard right there, so might as well just leave it there. That was all well and fine for a little while until the deputy sheriff who lived on the block behind us, (laughs) I am not kidding, came over. Hi, Mrs. Hancock, can we have a talk real quick? My mom's like, sure, what's going on? And he's like, well, maybe we should talk inside. Now, thankfully, he was being the the nice neighbor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he uh, he had a little conversation with my mom. My mom was like, are you serious? He goes, let's go take a walk around back. He pointed up and showed her. And he's like, all I'm going to say is get rid of it. He goes, that's all I'm going to say. He goes, I'm, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm leaving to go to work. I just want to go on before I get back. That's funny. Yeah, my mom hit the roof. Hit the roof. And Eddie got grounded, and I didn't. Wow. Yeah, I was that little brother, dude. I was a jerk. Yeah. Wow. You got a story for everything. No, just done a lot of stupid things in our lives, man, between me and my brothers. I mean, we were, yeah, we were idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, nope. Um, if you really care about the status of the garden, go check out my Instagram. Uh, it's uh, the caffeinated captain. I have not found a good replacement for it. But uh, right now it's uh, encumbered by weeds and uh, drought stress sucks. There's a whole lot of drought. Uh, last month. Now there's a whole yeah. lot of rain this month, so maybe we'll get some growth. It's been really, really bad with the droughts and stuff. Um, and, and luckily now, I mean, it, it, it's good we and it's bad. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say it's good and it's bad. We finally got some rain, but now it just keeps on raining. It was like when I finally got to see snow when I was in Oregon. I, I you know, for the first time, like real snow. You know, I was like, you know, yeah, it's gonna snow. I get to see real snow. Being a Florida boy my whole life, I get to see real snow. It's gonna be awesome. And it started snowing, and it kept on snowing for three freaking months. Yeah. And yeah. I never want to see snow again. <laughs> Maybe in pictures, that's cool, but that's about it. Now I'll I'll go visit. I mean, I spent a winter in Canada, and I used to work up in New York and Why? stuff. Uh, cause they were paying me. Oh, okay, you were working. You weren't like just visiting, visiting. Okay, I got. Yeah, you. no, right. no, no, no. They uh said, hey. Do you have a DUI? I'm like, no. It's like, Would okay. Would you like one? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently uh, somebody got deported off the boat for having a DUI. <laughs> Whoops. So they uh, they offered to fly me up to Montreal, um, spend a night there, catch the boat, and freeze for like three months. <laughs> wow. We, okay. we literally, uh, so we ran through like the Great Lakes, went down to Indiana to drop off a barge. And we came back through, and we went around Newfoundland to uh, cut through through Massachusetts. 
and uh, we were basically a floating ice cube coming through Newfoundland. They would not let me open up any watertight doors, take a look around, take any pictures, and I would stay in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen snow quite a few times in my life, you know, actually in it and everything, too. You know, uh, I've been up north when it was snowing heavy, you know, stuff like that. I just, it's one of those things, it's pretty to look at. It is, you know, like when you see, like, the... the the winter wonderland Christmas pictures, you know, the little, you know, the little old town, you know, with the snow and everything. Nope. And lights. No, I was going to say it looks pretty in pictures, but when you're trying to walk through it, you know, you're slipping and falling, busting your butt all the time, or drivers wrecking into each other all the time because they can't drive in snow, it kind of takes the fun out of it. I quick. almost moved to Indiana, mm-hmm. and I spent two weeks up there. My dad lives up there, and it was in the wintertime, which is like, if you ever want to try to move somewhere... Like, spend two weeks there in, like, the time of year everybody complains about. Like, Florida. Yeah. Spend two weeks when it's 150,000 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. The uh, humidity slaps you in the face. You're immediately wet when you go outside. And when, then decide if you want to live there. Yep. Redheads well, walk out the door, burst into flames. Pretty much. Yep. Seaton. Anyways, um, I spent two weeks up there because, like, well, I got fired from a job. <laughs> 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 so I had two weeks to spend. And I was... uh. That was right before I got on with that um, tugboat company. But uh, I uh, spent two weeks up there. It did not get above 28 degrees the whole time I was there oh, until man. the day I left. <laughs> yeah. It no, was no bueno. stupid. Uh-uh. Now, it's beautiful there in the spring and the summer. I'll yep. give her that. Stupid in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm the same way. Like, you know. Florida boy, born and raised all my life. I, I've lived on the water most of my life. I love being on the water. I love the sunshine, the whole nine yards. But, yeah, I'm like everybody else. I like to break, you know, have that break from the heat once in a while, too. You know, I like it and when it, you know, when it gets to, like, late fall into, you know, winter here and it's cold for a handful of days. You know, it's kind of a nice break. You know, but it's not pouring snow either. You know, so it's it's nice. It feels good out. It's that nice brisk morning when you wake up and it's nice and chilly and you have that coffee out on the patio or whatever to wake up in the morning. I love that, but but I also at the same time I don't want that every day either. I, I can't. I mean, I like you know me, man. Board shorts and tank top and ball cap and yeah, you're flip a beach bum. I'm good to go. Yeah. All right, beach bum. Speaking of All water, right. let's talk about the ends of the earth. All right. So going into flat earth theory. So basically, it is exactly what it sounds like. Flat earth theory is the, is the belief that we are not a globe, and I'm talking about the earth. That I'm not talking about individually. Uh, that the Earth is not really spherical. It's not a globe. It's actually flat. A saucer. Yeah, it's a saucer. If you're from New York <laughs> or Boston. Boston. Yeah. If you're from Boston, it, 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 for the Boston people up there, we're talking about saucer shape. All right. So it's going to be the the Earth is round and flat. So imagine taking a globe and just smashing it down. All right. And then basically, from what I've been, you know, from what I've been seeing and what I've been reading online and everything else and doing my research. Um, is that basically underneath it is like a giant stalactite just sticking down. So it's kind of like a flat-tipped asteroid, for lack of a better term. All right, and the round, flat part on top, that's the Earth. That's what we live on. Now, the reason why I say that, because they also believe that we have a globe, uh, or not a globe, sorry, we have a big dome that covers the top of our planet. All right, so... That's where our starlight and everything comes from. It's basically from lights. A lot of people believe that we are a construction from another civilization. Not saying God, not saying alien, because even they are not specifying or really having... Well, let me, let me throw this out there. There are very um, 
And there's a select group of creationists who yes. do believe in uh, flat earth theory. And yeah. um, I can get down with the creationist thing. Like, well, I, I, I can I can get down with that too. That's very nuanced. I'm just saying that it's not but like, one strict belief. It's it's yeah, like multi the, different levels. I don't know. See, I'm I'm trying to be good. Yeah, I'm trying to be good. If you, you go online and look for the uh, Zetetic um, Astronomy, it's a book. It's called Zetetic. It's Z E T E T I C Astronomy. Mm-hmm. All right. So Zetetic Astronomy. That is actually kind of like, in a sense, the the flat Earth Bible. That describes how you know how it all works. You know the the shape of it, the the you know of the Earth and how it's flat. Uh, the basically the outer realm of that circle that we're we're like surrounded by a huge block of ice all the way around, like a giant wall going all the way around us, and that is actually Antarctica. So there's some reasoning for that. <laughs> so we're getting into it. All right. So back in 1841, John Clark Ross. Uh, he was a gentleman that was basically, you know, navigating around the world. And he went to Antarctica, and he circumnavigated Antarctica, all right? So as he's going, which circumnavigate means to circle it. It pretty much is self-explanatory. They're navigating around it in a circle. So as he's going around Alaska, he had made, you know, descriptions of it that it was basically a 150-meter block wall of ice and that – um and 150 meters, I mean, you got to think a meter is like a yardstick. It's basically three feet. So that's really freaking tall, okay? So 150-meter wall of impenetrable ice. And some of the flat earthers were like, aha, even John Clark Ross said there was an impenetrable wall of ice that you cannot penetrate, you know, that surrounds the earth. No, that's not what was written by John Ross Clark. He was describing Antarctica itself from the water, what it looked like. And, of course, this is 1841. They're on a wooden ship. You can't break through ice with a wooden ship, especially a 150-meter-tall wall of ice. So let me clarify on this area here because um, a lot of flat earthers say that around the edge of the disc. The disc? Yeah, the disc. disc, The disc. The disc that we live on. um, Is the Arctic region, which is the big wall of ice surrounding everything. Yep. Kind of keeping us contained because government conspiracy. And that's the other flip side of it, that NASA, through the military, is the ones who are keeping everybody away from there. Okay, here's the deal. You can travel to Antarctica. They do expeditions there every year. They do it for the, you know, ecological reasons. They do it for the environment, you know, doing different types of tests, you know, looking for signs of global warming. I mean, there's people in Antarctica all the time. Okay, it's not blocked by any government entity. And that's the other thing, too. NASA being controlled and owned by the military. NASA is not owned by the military. NASA is a civilian unit. The military does not run NASA. Anytime, like, let's say that the military wants to put a satellite up into space, they work out a contract agreement, you know, paid money and all that to NASA because NASA gets funded by the government because they are a – they do not work for the Department of Defense. They are their own standalone entity. All right, I want to make sure that's clear too, that people understand that. So when they say that, when you hear, if you hear people talking about, well, NASA has their military, you know, out there from all these different nations. That was another big myth that there's all these different nations that got together and combined their military to patrol these walls to make sure nobody <laughs> tries to get through. Well, that is because they have all the military there. Is because there is a treaty because nobody owns Antarctica. 
There's uh, several countries. Where is it? Russia's uh, been involved there. We've been involved there. Everybody's been involved there. Yeah, there's America. like 54, yeah, 54 countries are party to the treaty. And since no one owns Antarctica, no visa is required to travel there. If you are a citizen of a country that is signatory of the Atlantic or Antarctic Treaty, you do not get need to get permission to travel to Antarctica. Yeah, that's the reason why they do expeditions <clears throat> there all the time. Now, granted, there may have been a time maybe military was maybe doing an exercise there, and people just got in the way. Well, and there's they were research. Like, you can't be here. There's research stations there. Um, yeah. I actually funny story. So I was on. Um, the boat that I was on for forever, you mm-hmm. know, that my baby, and because uh, <laughs> it was, we took her out of the shipyard, and I was there until I left that company. But um, we had this cadet come on board, and so when you're private contracted, you can there's maritime schools you can go to. Like up north, they have like Maine Maritime, a lot of very popular ones where you can spend one hundred twenty thousand dollars and then uh, basically pay money to learn how to do things mm-hmm. without getting real experience and then coming out and losing money instead of going out and making money and learning it and moving up that way. Like, like us hoss pipers, as they call us. Yeah. Uh, hoss pipe is where the anchor chain comes up through for all non-nautical people out here. But um, so we had this cadet come on and, of course, he went to school. He knew everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he was like, well... I, I have this license. It's like, no, you don't. You don't even have the sea time for the license. You just have the, um, what was it, the uh, classes that you mm-hmm. need for that license. So you, you don't have anything. Well, he kept that up and then went up and kept that up with the officers Ooh, up there. No smart. And we, our uh, master at the time was very laid back dude. His relief was not a very laid back dude. He was, uh, he was in the Coast Guard and he was... The opposite of you. <laughs> he, he was just a, a very uh, a, a hard individual that like he he wanted this to be just like this man's military. You know yeah, that yeah, that, yeah. that that was his words. I'm only hard when I have to be. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. And then they had a couple of other uh, um, people who graduated from like the same school he was at. So he was trying to be all friendly and bump elbows and make friends and this that, and the other. And he got absolutely no respect. Mm-hmm. He pissed everybody off so much that we literally got him transferred to Antarctica. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> we took the long route. We took the scenic route, but we got there. <laughs> the package has been delivered. Yeah. So well, we're... I mean, so I mean, if we're talking about the polar regions, and I'm sorry, yeah, I, have, I, I, I have yeah. to dissect this a little bit because, like, I one of my favorite all-time podcasts, or you know personalities in general is Steve Ranella. Mm-hmm. Um the meat eater, he did a couple other shows beforehand, but he always goes on like this expedition these expeditions to like Alaska and different places, but they're go up into the polar regions. Mm-hmm. Now if this were a factual thing, you know, then again looking at it from a different perspective, you wouldn't be able to go to the North Pole either. Yeah. Because that would be off limits because then all of a sudden, boom, you're uh you're walking somewhere else that you shouldn't be walking. Yeah. And, I mean, you can literally take tours to Antarctica oh, and yeah. go There's check out there. cruise ships yeah. that go there. Yeah. If it, literally. If it's privatized, more than likely, yeah. it is not going to be a conspiracy thing. Unless, yeah. like, at something right. very, like, crazy. I All don't right. know. So I can't even see a word. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
one of the next series out there is that, um, allegedly, this big dome that we have over our planet, um, people were trying to go, like, basically, well, then how do we get night and day? And they were like, well, there's a fabricated sun and a fabricated moon. They're both 32 miles wide. They're up there, and they circulate around, basically, in a circle around this globe. Okay, that's not how light works. All right, they say it's a projected light, like a beam from a, a tight beam from a flashlight. That's the reason why that the whole Earth and everything, you know, for a flat Earth is not lit up from the sun. Okay, <clears throat> first off, <laughs> the light from the, from the sun, as bright as it is in our sky, I promise you, would be if we were a flat Earth, the entire Earth would be covered by that sunlight. All right, I think about this to put that in perspective. Explain lunar eclipse. Roger. Lunar eclipse is whenever the Earth comes in between the sun and the moon. Now, the shadowing you see up there on the moon is the shadow from the Earth. That is the Earth blocking the light coming from the sun and shining up you know, or, or shadowing up on the moon. Now, that shadow, every time you look at it in any given time, any given place around the world when that lunar eclipse is happening, is always curved. And why is that? Because the Earth is a globe. It's sphere shape. If you had a flat object and did that, it's if, if you go to different angles on the different sides of, of the Earth, even if it was flat-shaped like they're describing and, and all the models that they put in, that it would not appear to be a circle, you know, like a semicircle and all that on the moon. It wouldn't if we were flat. It would, you know, it would the angle would actually change as they're going across the Earth, okay? So it would basically look like, Going from a circle shape, the further, we'll just say west, the further west you're going, all of a sudden it would start thinning to look like a plate. So, yeah, that's another reason why, is because oh, of lunar eclipse. See. I'd have to draw I, you a I'm, diagram. I'm, no, I'm, I'm just throwing this out here because, like, we discussed this before we got on air. Yeah. That we weren't going to, like, completely, like, you know, Throw them under the bus or anything oh, like no, that. I'm just pointing like, out different reasons why that can't, so you're can't happen. Debunking. Yeah, I'm debunking basically. So I'm debunking without hammering. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because let's be real. No, I some people just are ill-informed. They don't know, you know. Well, and sometimes and it takes a little bit of like science and facts to be thrown in, you know. And and I, trust me, I know there's always going to be those people that go well when they start talking about science. That's a conspiracy right there when they use the word science. No, it's just basic. Depends on the context. This is stuff you could have learned back in, like, middle school for some of this, to be honest. All right. So if you're out there, flat earther, um, and you have a rebuttal to any of this, because obviously I am not as prepared as Chance Hancock over here, <laughs> um, give us a shout here at 941-745-1490, and uh, try to... Let's see if we can debunk the debunker over here. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, prime example. The moon itself and the sun are not 32 miles wide. They're not. Okay, let's be real. The The moon itself is actually 2,058.8 miles wide. This is, like, from center to center, you know, wide. Um, the sun is... Holy crap, hold on. The moon is 2,000 what? Uh, it's 2,058.8 miles wide. Dude, that asteroid is, like, freaking 1,000 feet wide. Yeah. That's, I didn't realize it was going to be half the size of the friggin' moon. Yeah, that's not diameter. That's just width. Looking at it like if it was a plate on a wall. Looking at the width. Nah. From the middle to middle. 
It's two th- okay, go ahead and look it up, man. The Earth is only 7,917.5 miles wide. It's almost 8,000 miles wide, the Earth. Didn't realize that, did you? The thing is, you're looking at it as two-dimensional flat at this point in time, like if it was drawn on a picture. Three-dimensional, much bigger. Yeah. Moon size. And what does it say for how wide is the moon? The moon's radius is 1,079.6. Yeah. Jesus. Told you. Don't doubt me. <laughs> That's a big freaking asteroid, bro. Well, but to put this in perspective, <laughs> but, but to put this in perspective, think about this. The Earth is only 7,917 miles wide and a half, all right? So, like I said, this is if you took and flattened it and made it into, like, two-dimensional from, you know, from uh, east to west. It's going to be that wide, all right? Now, the sun is 865,000 miles wide. Now, the diameter of it, the sheer radius, you could fit basically about a million Earths inside of the sun. Yeah, the circumference, thank you. You you basically could fit like a million Earths inside the sun. Yes. So you guys get a little math class today and a little bit of science and everything all rolled into one. Um, So anyways, with that being said, so let's say that the Earth was flat. And there's a reason why I brought up these distances, okay? For all intents and purposes, let's just say the Earth was flat. So basically at mid-range, you know, dividing that in half, we'll, do, we'll just round up, we'll call it 8,000 miles wide for the Earth. That where you're standing at, we'll say potentially, uh, we'll put it in the, we'll say you're standing in the middle, okay? So at 4,000 mile range, okay? Now, the Red Bull Jump. Which everybody knew, everybody confirmed, even flat out, flat earthers said yes, this guy really jumped. Okay, he jumped from 130,000 feet. 130,000 feet is 24 miles up. Okay, so this guy, when he jumped from that balloon, was 24 miles off the Earth. Nope. Okay, a whole lot of nope. Well, I was gonna say absolutely not. At that height, if the Earth is only, let's go ahead and call it 8,000 miles wide, but it's flat. That standing up there on that balloon and looking out, which on the video you see the curve of the earth. You know, I mean, obviously on video it's curved. But let's just say that it was flat. Well, basically he'd build probably from America, see Russia from up there. Because there's nothing blocking the view up there. Hello, comrade. Yes. So put that in perspective at that point, okay? So once again, because he obviously could not see that far, the earth is curved. It's, you know, or even Australia. Well, see, this is where I fall off of it because, I mean, being a mariner, being out there all the daggum time, we we learn early on that, like, basically 12 foot at a certain distance, I think it's like 12 miles, no, it's 12 miles away. 12 miles, yes. Yeah, 12 miles away. Is when, when you said 12 feet, I'm like, where are you going? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's like uh, 12 feet is where you start getting the curvature of the earth. Like that 12 effect. miles. 12, thank you. You're welcome. I'm tired. We know what you meant. Go I'm, ahead. I'm super tired. <laughs> I'm always tired. Yes, you basically start seeing the horizon at that point. So, like, and Jesse can vouch for this. You know, both of us coming from the Mariner's world, you know, from me from the military, him being a boat captain and all that, um, that 
when you're out there, they have what they call big eyes. Big eyes are like these huge freaking binoculars. They're like, imagine like your normal size binoculars that people carry for bird watching and then amplify that by like 10. These <laughs> things are big, you know. Big eyes. Yeah, so you can see way out there, like literally to the horizon. Now, when you're on forward watch, especially because you want to look out in front of you to make sure you don't run into anything on the open water, when you have a forward watch and they're out there and they're scanning the horizon, especially for us in the military looking for bad guys and such, you're out there, you're scanning, you know, you can see the mast of these other ships coming up over the horizon. And then as it gets closer, because of the curve of the Earth, then the ship starts coming fully into display. All right. And, of course, flat Earth theory, they're like, oh, that's because it's so far away, it just gets so small and you can't see it. No, these big eyes, you can see right to the horizon. Well, that's why something... I don't know. No, so, like no, when the I'm ship not going to say something. Ignorant. So to put this in perspective for our listening audience, picture an old pirate ship or a sailboat. Let's use a sailboat, something everybody has a, a basic knowledge of what it looks like. So that big pole sticking up out of the middle of, the, of your boat, your sailboat, is your mast. Okay, that's got your sails on it. If it's sailing away from you in a straight line headed for the horizon, the boat itself you will start watching disappear. And then all of a sudden, you'll st- all you're left with is the mast, that p- big pole. And then that will slowly dip below the horizon as it goes because of the curve of the Earth. Now, in flat Earth theory, a lot of them go, well, you can't really explain that as, as the situation either because water doesn't curve. It no- uh, the-, the water, it-, um, it-, it finds its own level. Yeah, it seeks its own level. Okay. Have you ever looked at a water drop on a leaf? Yeah, it's round. Yeah. Uh, it's called surface tension. Yes. And that's what – so and now – there's a thing called gravity. I, I'm, I'm going to throw this out here because okay. we're going to talk about gravitational pull, and I'm going to get into it. So we have a solid core, the Earth, the inner core. The inner core is solid. The outer core is liquid, and the rotation of that as plus the rotation of Earth creates gravity. And – Makes things stick to things. <laughs> that is the most ridiculous way I've ever explained that. But even out in space, when they have like water droplets, they float up there, or not even in space. Let's go zero gravity. When they're doing like zero grav training in like airplanes, where they just like make them go down really fast, the water droplets will turn into little uh, spheres. What are you looking up over there? Uh, somebody asking why you were on the show. Really? Yeah, somebody who knows you. It was Susan Ann Hollis. Because I'm always on the show. Yeah, she, <laughs> she, she said, hi, Jesse, Jay, what are you doing there? And I said, he's on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hi. So, Susan Ann Hollis, sweetest lady ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was my boss back in the day when we both worked at some place. And Does she not know you're in radio? No. Really? I, Dude, I, I'm not even kidding you. I haven't told a whole heck of a lot of people because, like, I'm yeah. terrible at promotions. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> when we start doing events, you are not to be the one in charge of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> nobody well, will know. That's why we have our, uh, what is that, our VP of uh, Research R&D. and Development. <laughs> our VP of R&D. Yeah, that's why we have her because yeah. I'm terrible at promotions. Exactly. But um, anyways... Right, water seeks its own water seeks its own level and it has surface tension. Everything has surface tension. Like when you cut yourself, if you take a needle and like I poke you with a needle, mm-hmm. that droplet is going to come up and form almost a sphere. Yeah. 
I mean, it's... I know. It, it gives you a, a migraine sometimes. Aneurysm. Not that a too. migraine. Okay. I, see, I... But and the, I'm, I'm really, like, I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm not yeah, trying to the, bash the, anybody, you know, because, I mean... just giving just simple, basic fact. We're, the reason we're, why... We're given our... Well, perspective. Well, yeah, there we go. Our, yeah. our point of view of yeah. the way we see it. Now, I'm... Call us up at 941-745-1490 if you'd like to dispute anything because, like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm down for some healthy debate. I mean, yeah. And I'm, remember, we're, if you call in the show, we're not going to make fun of you. That's not what we do. No. We're here to, to talk about it and debate it. We're not going to make fun of you. Now, if you come across if as you th- a jerk, then, yeah, we're going to make fun of you and we're going to have fun doing it. If but, you think yeah. we're going to make fun of you, listen to our, some of our past shows and, yeah, yeah. No. We're very we're very open we're to very suggest, to suggestion and to like other people's points of view. Jesse is very open to suggestion when you give him tequila. That's why I don't drink that anymore. I drink whiskey. <laughs> yeah. All right, leave so, that alone. All right, moving on from the cool. stop telling secrets. Moving on from the old. We're nights. not Bert Kreischer. We don't do secret time. That's right. All right, I love Bert Kreischer, man. He's awesome. He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyways, so with that being said, we're talking about surface tension and we're also talking about that the simple fact of gravity is what keeps the water from going off into nowhere. Um, it's cent- it, basically, gravity is centrifugal force. Yes. Because the rotation of the Earth, the rotation of the inner or the outer core around the inner core now, creates that gravity. So we're stuck to the Earth. because It's like going on, what is that thing at the fair uh, that oh. I don't like? <laughs> oh, my God. I the know thing where you the like Gravitron, the yeah. one that spins in a circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the thing is, okay, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because people say, well, Ooh. if the Earth was really spinning, you would be thrown out into space because there's nothing holding you. Okay, that's not how gravity works. The, but here's the thing. You have the vacuum of space. Vacuum... And I want to make sure you people understand this when I say the term vacuum of space is not suction. It means absence of. There's nothing there. So with our oxygen and everything else on our planet and plus the electromagnetic fields and everything else involved with the, the, the spinning of our Earth, we cause our own gravity that keeps us on this planet. So it's not like when you take a ball that has water on it and spin it and throws water everywhere. Well, okay. That ball is spinning at a very high RPM, all right, and it's very small. If you took that same ball and made it the size of, oh, the Earth. uh, No, not the (laughs) Earth. I was going to say something much larger, like the size of, like, the Empire State Building, and put a couple droplets of water on there and turn that at a relative speed of size compared to the spin of the Earth, that water won't fall off there. It'll drip down because of gravity, of course, you know, down the ball. But I'm just but saying when it's you're not trying to, to throw it. So when you're trying to explain gravity and the gravitational pull and the electromagnetic field, the metro, electromagnetic field makes sure that we are – it's basically like the force field that protects us from the vacuum of space. Yeah, because – And it is created from the Earth's inner and outer core because yes. when you spin – this is where we got the idea – half the ideas for electricity because when yeah. you spin – you know, like copper wire around, mm-hmm. like iron. Yep. There we go. <laughs> it's there. I just can't pull it out. <laughs> That's what she said. Well, <laughs> don't. <laughs> but once again, uh, it, it, like I said, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, the 
that if we were around, the vacuum of space would pull us out into out into the you know nether regions of the of space. No, the vacuum of space is not literally a <laughs> vacuum. It's not sucking. It is it's an absence of. Okay. Now the other thing is too getting more into this and a little more in depth. All right. People are saying that. And actually, this one kind of actually boggles my mind. It, gives, it does give me a migraine on this one. All right. When they talk about phone calls and what? electricity and so on and so forth, they're like, well, the reason why we are able to make these phone calls is because that everything is ran by landline underwater and all that. And and we have these towers set up, you know, of course, to actually build a broadcaster signal so we can make phone calls on cell phones and all that. No, no. What we have with our satellites, because here's the thing. They believe that, realistically, that the moon and the sun is only 200 miles up off the face of the Earth. They say that the reason why we stay on the Earth and do not fall off is because the Earth is moving straight up. Okay. In space, there is no up. There is no down. There is no sideways. Space is space. There is no directional like here on Earth. It's... it's Imagine just a big void of nothingness. There is no direction that would be considered up. There's not a north. There's not a south. There's not an east. There's not a west. Okay? There is the direction of, like, if you're heading toward the sun or something of that magnitude, you know, heading toward an actual object. But it's not like where you're looking at on our planet and you walk north. It it's, doesn't work that way in space. Space is just open nothingness. Okay? Yeah, it's just like... It's like in all the uh, sci-fi movies, you have to have a point of origin to determine your... You know, destination. Yeah. Um, essentially, like whenever we, you know, with this being said, you know, they're, they're saying that the Earth is moving, uh, and basically <laughs> going up. That that's causing a gravity, kind of like if you were in an elevator. How like when it first starts going up, you feel that little dip in your weight for a second. You know, when it moves, when it's going upward, that that is basically our gravity. And no, that's not it. That, and that's definitely not how it works. All right. Um. Another thing that people talk about, this is another big one. They talk about whenever you are on, say, a train. All right? If the earth was spinning and you jumped high enough up into the air that the earth was really spinning as fast as they say it does, that you basically would, like, land, like, you know, somewhere else, right? Like, you jump straight up in the air right here in the middle of Bradenton, Florida, and you wind up in, like, Key West when you land. Because the Earth is spinning so fast. So they're saying if the Earth was spinning as fast as they say it is, if you jump straight up, that's where you would land. That's not how it works either. There's a thing, two things called, one, relative motion. <laughs> You're moving with the Earth at that same rate of speed. And to give you an example, okay, I want you, if you're, say, on a plane, okay, you're on a plane, and it's flying. You jump up in the air on that plane. You're not going to all of a sudden land at the very back of the plane. You will move. But you're not going to move as fast as that. But, but you will move. I mean, it's like when you jump saying, in an elevator and it's going down. I'm going to. Okay. You're, you're only partially right. Am I? Yes, for real. You're only partially right. Explain, Lucy. Come on. It's called relative motion. And I was getting ready to explain that until you cut me off. If we were only moving straight up, the plane is flying east to west, and you jumped up on that plane, you would smack the back of that plane. The back of that plane would 
hit you yeah. when it goes by. That would be bad. Exactly. But we are moving in relative motion. So you're moving at the same rate of speed as that plane through the air from east to west, even though you're jumping up. So, sure, you may move a millimeter, but you're not going to land at the back, or the back of the plane is not going to catch up to you and smash you. Okay? Same thing with the earth. The earth is spinning. And just because you jump upward, you're not going to all of a sudden land in Cuba. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Because as fast as rate of speed that the earth was moving, if this was no relative motion, that if we jumped up, yeah, we would land miles from where we jumped. Yeah, no. I was just looking it up. It, we're spinning at about 1,040.4 miles per hour. Yeah, That's exactly. measured at the equator. Exactly. So once again, putting that in perspective, so the Earth is moving, spinning, and they say that, well, the Earth is spinning at that rate of speed over 1,000 miles an hour. It can't be spinning because if you jumped, then you would, you know, if it was spinning at that rate of speed, you would land, you know, God knows where, you know, at that rate of speed. No, it's called relative motion. We're moving with the spinning of the planet. So your body is traveling at the same rate of speed with that planet going around in a big circle. You get it now? That's called relative motion. No, I get relative motion. I just yeah. don't understand how. No, no. Are you no. talking about their theory? Yeah. Their I, theory is we don't spin. We're just shooting straight up into the air, basically. No, we're just like sitting earth. here. And like, so one of the models that I saw was us as a disc. Yeah. Two things rotating around, That's which the drives me crazy. The, moon. Yeah. the the the. <laughs> so the sun thing. Are you glad I picked this topic now? No. Okay. Um. <laughs> so you have periods of darkness. You got like a month of darkness in a lot in like Alaska, the northern mm -hmm. North Pole. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and then you know you have the same thing in the South Pole where you have like it's all light all the time or all dark all the time part of the year. How would that be possible with a sun and a moon floating above the disk? These, these are people who have not traveled, and I'm it's, not trying to bash it's anybody. It's, the, it's, it's lack of like experience in the world, and it's driving me crazy. Because of what I said on here, uh, the thing is they believe that the earth – I'm sorry, the sun and the moon both are only like 32 miles wide. They're only 200 miles up. All right, our closest – our closest, like – uh, range of, of like satellites that we use because we have to do what's okay. Here's a thing called line of sight in the military that we use, and also they use it for satellites, these are for all kind of communications. All right, basically, what that means is okay, we already said the earth is only about 7,000 miles wide. Okay, well, we'll call it 8,000 rounding up, 8,000 miles wide, 20,000 miles past that out into space is where we have a ring of satellites that encircle the earth. And it's on six points. you got north, south, east, west, and then, of course, the opposite directions, all right? That's called line of sight. The satellites, they're expanded out further than the size of the Earth, so they have a straight line of sight from one satellite to the other. They can bounce down, hit the other one, so they can actually go all the way around the globe and center communications from one side of the planet to the other. That's called line of sight. That's how we communicate through satellite phones. That's how we communicate with just TV broadband going over, you know, the shooting out over the satellites when you have, like, a satellite dish mm -hmm. is because... This satellite, I remember having to go out and move them things. Exactly, because you have the satellite over here on the opposite side of the Earth, like around Australia from America would roughly be, you know, the opposite side from us, um, is hitting this other satellite, you know, up straight up north of it. That is then from that satellite is shooting straight over to where we are at, almost like a, a cube, 
about the best way to describe yeah. it. If you've ever actually That's exactly how to describe it. Yep. If you've taken a uh, and I'm sure everybody has seen this, you know, like the, the little globe of the Earth. It's like in a little glass cube. Hmm. Imagine those points on that cube is where the satellites are located. That's how they work for line of sight. And that's why uh, because the Earth is round, <laughs> we're in danger of having an asteroid take out some of our satellites when it comes within sixteen thousand eight hundred feet of the planet. That's because pretty scary, dude. Yeah, isn't it sixteen thousand miles, not feet? It was miles. Miles. Yeah, because it was supposed to hit just within the range of where some of our satellites are surrounding the Earth, which is roughly twenty to twenty-two thousand miles from here. That's the other thing too. The sun. Okay. Your basic research is seeing how hot the sun is at surface level. Mm-mm. If it was 32 miles in size, but still producing the same amount of heat that we have right now, and this thing is only 200 miles up, we're toast. Yeah. Yeah. The sun, to put it in perspective, the heat you get today from the sun on those hot, sweltering days is 93 million miles from here. We're feeling heat off an object from the surface of it, from 93 million miles away. There's no way we would survive if it was that close, obviously. We would have died way before it even got here. Oh, man. So I'm going to, like, throw a random rabbit hole because of a random thought that popped in my head. Sure, go for it. You know how, like, when suns and stars go to die, Uh they get bigger, right? Yeah. What if global warming was our sun getting bigger? (laughs) We were talking about the sun that was eventually going to burn eventually out. Eventually, it's going to burn out. So, I mean, hey, you never know. You know? <laughs> um, another thing is, too, I mean, the thing, okay, Lyndon B. Johnson back in the day, uh, back when we were like really in the heart of the Cold War with Russia, Lyndon B. Johnson has said that whoever controls space controls the world. Some people took that right out of context, dropped that into flat earth theory, and said that. Well, that means that if you control the space because of the people who created our space and our planet and all that and the fake sun and the fake moon, that if you control space, then you control the world. That's not what he was referring to. No, yeah, that's not. Yeah, when we were like in the space race, you know, trying to get a man on the moon and all that, we were talking about advancement of technology. And when it came down to that, also talking about whoever controls space, you know, controls the world. Well, let's be real. If we were the only ones who had satellites in space, we could see – all of our enemies, foreign and domestic, around the world. <laughs> well, and we're the only ones who had that capability. And plus, you know, we have, obviously, we have ICBMs that you can launch up into space that travel over to whatever country you're aiming there at. There would be no and escape. Back in. Yeah, we, we win. Uh, nobody else could beat us at that yeah. point. Well, and that, I mean, we're going we're gonna to pop over to something a little off-topic. Yeah. But the Star Wars program, I guarantee... That oh, there's a lot because we got a freaking ton of satellites. I don't even want to Google it because I don't want to know. But we got a ton of satellites ar- around the planet right now. Mm-hmm. I guarantee that we also have a cube around the planet of missile satellites mm-hmm. ready to rock. Yeah. More than likely pointed out because you know near Earth objects, but you know. Yeah. So. Uh, these are just a, a few points to ponder if somebody comes to you with flat earth telling you that flat earth is real and all that. That, um, I mean, it, it, let's let's go ahead and just get it out there. You know, when you have pictures coming in from NASA, from the you know International Space Station and all that, you know, like the International Space Station, it travels all the way around our planet in 19 hours. It only takes 19 hours of travel for it to go all the way around our planet because they're going so fast at that orbit. Um Basically, in order to stay 
well, technically in orbit and not fall back to Earth or anything like that. Uh, it's like tens of thousands. I think it's like 20,000 miles an hour has to travel, something like that, for it to maintain orbit. Once it starts going too slow, then it starts getting caught by our gravity. Imagine that. We have gravity. And it will start actually yanking it back towards the Earth. And that would not be good. <laughs> so I forgot how fast it is, but you can go ahead and look it up if you want. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they are traveling extremely fast. Uh, the satellites that we have up in space, the International Space Station, all of them, and they're traveling around our world, you know, which is in a circle. Um they have to maintain that velocity because if not, then the gravity pulling downward on it would yank it right back down to the Earth eventually. And see, that's the other thing, too. Okay. If the Earth was flat, think about Elon Musk and everybody who's been launching all these, you know. Elon Musk in a heartbeat would be like, nah, it ain't round. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but for a second, think about all the spacecraft they've been launching and trying to bring it back down and land it safely on the Earth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those rockets are shooting upward. The Earth is shooting upward, <laughs> I guess, from what the flat Earth people say. We, uh, really, honestly, if we're moving at that rate of speed, that rocket would never outrun the Earth. The Earth would just smash right into it. It would never launch, all right, for one. Number two, anytime a spacecraft that goes outside of our orbit, okay, and comes back to Earth, like space shuttle, prime example. Mm-hmm. Space shuttle's coming back in. It has to enter our atmosphere. They have to come in at a angle in order to land safely back on the Earth. Mm -hmm. Because if they do not come at the right angle because of the circumference, the roundness of the Earth, and not come in at the right speed, they can literally bounce off our atmosphere and shoot right back out into space. Or they can actually come in too sharp of an angle and basically nosedive right into the freaking planet. So that's the reason why there's a whole lot of math involved with NASA, with aeronautics, with you know anything involving with flight. Um, if you want to be involved in flight, such as being a pilot, uh, you want to become an astronaut, anything of that nature, really study a lot of math because you really need to know what to plan out trajectories and the whole nine yards. Yep, and a uh, seaman too. I mean, yeah, you know any type of azimuthal, anything. Yeah, but I mean they're. And for us, I mean, I know that Jesse and I were kind of laughing about this because of us, you know, learning about navigation and how satellites work and GPS systems and everything else because of traveling on the open oceans, you know, around the world, you know, we, and I do mean around the world, um, <laughs> not in a circle. <laughs> well, see, all right, I, no, no. Look, the only thing I got is an anecdotal thing where we lost an SR-71 Blackbird. Into space? Be- yeah. Yeah. Because he, uh. He didn't go Whoops. down. <laughs> That's the other thing, too. <laughs> okay, a jet, for a jetliner. We already know there are things called restricted airspace that our jets cannot fly over. All right? So if you're flying from one country to another, they're basically, you know, like on the other side of the world, you know, to give an example, you know, that you have to maintain a certain course and flight path to get there. All right? If the earth was flat and you're leaving from out of point A to go to point B. And I would have to have the, the, the map to show this to you, Jesse. You would really get it at that point. Uh, trust me. Why are you it, acting like I need to get it? I get it, bro. Well, the, basically, <laughs> they show that the planes fly at a curve sideways, like they're like making a right turn yeah, the whole way. No, yeah. Because, like, all right, so well, I know where you're going with this, and okay. I'm, I'm going to put it out there. It's like taking a flight from, Ill- from like, I don't want to say Illinois. Let's go, like, it's Michigan. It's 7,000 miles an hour. My brain just clicked. It's 7,000 miles an hour that a satellite has to maintain speed to not crash back in earth okay go ahead 
Okay. ADD moment. Roger. I gotcha. Yep. I do that all the time. <laughs> Let's say you're taking a plane from, like, Michigan to Russia. Yeah. You know, instead of flying all the way around, you know, like the circumference of the Earth, you're going to go up and over because it's quicker to get to Moscow that way. Yeah. Moscow. Moscow. Dude, you I know what movie my wife and I watched the other uh, the other day? Rocky Four. Nope. Every time I think of Russian, I always think Rocky Four. The 1937 movie. Really? Shall We Dance with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Really? Yeah. That was a good movie. I like some of the old classics watching those once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, every time I think of a you know Russian involved in the movie, I immediately think either Rocky or I think of the original, not the reboot, but the original Red Dawn. See, I always go to, first I go the well, Rocky hunt, 4, not Rocky. I go the hunt yeah. for Red October. Okay, I'll give you that Sean one. Sean Connery. Yep. Yes. Yep. It's a sexy man. I'll take 200 for <laughs> S-words, Alex. S-words. <laughs> and then, yeah, I go to Rocky, and then there's a, a Red Dawn pops on the radar. There's there's another one. There's yeah. there's so I many. I must break you. Oh, my God. With all the 80s movies and, like, Russian stuff, like, I've, see, this is where, like, I feel like, there's a lot of BS surrounding Russia. Like Dude, that was like the... Russian conspiracy... No, no, like Russian conspiracies yeah, like yeah. in the government. Because I feel like the government has some conspiracy theories about Russia. Because they're always bringing up Russia. Like, Russia was popular literally 20 years ago. Now... I mean, 30 years ago. Now, honestly, years ago. it's more like North Korea and China are the ones that I'm yeah. really concerned about. Don't get me wrong. Concerned about Russia, too. But... But, like... Yeah. It, it, not everything is Russia. Every time you turn on the news, yeah. <laughs> uh, Russia hacktivist or uh, a Russian spy or uh, a Russian blah, 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 blah. And it's like... Like, you realize we have enemies all over, right? There, yeah, there's like, other countries that we deal with. Everybody hates yeah. us because, like, we can choose the way we want to live, who we worship, yada, yada, you know. Mm, yeah. We can choose whether to cover our faces or not most of the time. And just, it's one of those things where we have those freedoms that people get pretty pissed off about because oh, guess absolutely. what you know sometimes they think your religion is the wrong religion and then you get wars yeah you get stoned to death and god knows what shot everything else yeah all right so anyways it's getting way off topic uh, i know getting back onto the whole uh you know you know what now we got to do one about middle earth what you never heard of middle earth theories about, like, a whole other world, like, inside our I, world. I, I've heard of, like, Middle Earth as in, like, Frodo Baggins and Gandalf. Kinda, in a sense. The people do believe there is a Middle Earth. Like, there's a whole other society and, like, world inside our Shut world. Shut the front door. Nope, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I'm dead serious. You <laughs> haven't heard of that? No. Earth? Oh my. Okay, you know what? We're going to do a show about it, Middle Earth Theory. you got to do your homework on that one. So, basically, yeah, the inside the Earth is, you know, can be other. Now, don't get me wrong. There has been societies that have lived inside the earth, you know, in like mining type areas to give a, an example for people to understand what I'm but talking yeah, about. But yeah, not, not, not. But we're talking about for Middle like, Earth people, we're talking about a, like a whole civilization, like an, another atmosphere, the whole nine yards inside the earth. What? Yeah. I quit. Nope. All right, folks, we got one minute left, so we're going to go ahead and say goodbye on that terrible disappointment of a note. Because <laughs> I just can't even, I can't even anymore. Thanks it's for hanging out with us. It's the Middle Earth as we know it. Nope, I'm done. Oh, no, we're doing a show about it. Yep. Um, y'all have a good night. Uh, stay safe. Don't you know what I'm saying? All right. Shut up, Chance. No. <laughs>
Y'all have a good night. Have a happy 4th, and stay safe if you're in the path of the yes. hurricane coming. Definitely have a happy 4th of July. Everybody be safe, and definitely be safe from the hurricane. Make sure you keep an eye out on the news. Yeah. Yeah. She's ten feet.